0: Hello, friends. Welcome to your normal Friday afternoon edition of Radio Free Mavericks. So, I know last time we talked, I said I would try to do one of these during the week. And then life happened. Um, Half the room probably knows that I'm moving uh, and packing and everything just kind of seems to overtake that. Also, finally, for once, we didn't really have a lot happen uh, over the course of the week. There's, you know, your kind of normal off-season Chitter chatter. Um, And yes, guys, I am moving back to Dallas. Uh, There's a fair number of like weird, fun, free agency things to latch on to. I've kind of avoided some of the free agency stuff because it ends up uh, becoming like an argument where we don't really get a say anyways. But I would much rather talk about it than tweet about it, I guess, is what I mean. Um, even at Mavs Moneyball, the the kind of content production has slowed down. We're starting to do some pre-agency profiles. Josh Bowe and I have been kind of reviewing uh, the seasons of individual players for the Mavericks just because, you know, news kind of got in the way of our normal schedule. But um, we're here now. I wanted to hang out. Uh, let's see how, you know, what you guys want to talk about. So, uh, for anybody new to the room, just press request, and I tend to bring up as many people as I can in the time that we have together, uh, which is normally about 45 minutes before I need to get back to work. But, uh, you know, we only got one speaker request right now so far. That's Brandon. I'm going to bring him up. But everybody else, you know, feel free. To come talk. Brandon, hey, what's going on? Hey, nothing much, Kirk. How are you doing? I'm okay. I am okay. Busy... Uh busy, weird week. I I didn't have childcare this week, so I I definitely have my son posted up in the room about 20 feet away, and if he comes over and joins the show, um, I apologize in advance.
1: (laughs) Well, he's welcome here. Um, So, I mean, what I wanted to talk about was just uh, a rumor from this morning uh, came out somebody, some reporter in New York, I can't remember who, um, reported, I think the Mavs uh, have shown some interest in Spencer Dinwiddie, and so uh wanted to see your thoughts about it because I've bounced him kind of back and forth because I think he'd be a better fit than some of the other shooting concern players like uh, DeMar DeRozan and, and whatnot. So just want to see your thoughts on that.
0: Sure, sure. So I think so it really depends like what you kind of categorize as the Mavericks most glaring problem. When Joe Hulbert and I did his kind of review of the (laughs) roster, you could break it down into two, like sort of two buckets, but really I think it might be three. The first is, is a, a big man who can, you know, contribute at the rim and play some defense on the other end, like a really, truly functional big, uh, that's no insult to KP. The guy's working through some injuries. He might be that guy. If he comes back to form, he was in 2019, 2020. Uh, then the second position of need is kind of a, you know, like ball handler that can also, uh, pass and score. You know, Brunson does a lot of the scoring, but he he can't pass. Like we, we've seen this. He's also small. Um, Secondary playmaker, I guess, is what we should call it, and then the third in my mind um is shooting uh and so it's really what you think the Mavericks need from from that regard and and I know that Dallas has maximized some of the shooters that they have, um but I'm not for example, I'm not particularly interested in in hearing how good a shooter Dorian or whoever else could you know is in the sense of if Luca's not on the floor with them, their percentage is all like sink like a brick It's pretty ridiculous um. So that's just kind of where my head is right now. And and Dinwiddie, you know, is a bigger ball handler. Uh, he, he he can't shoot great, but he's a scorer. And so he really, if, if that's the most important box to you, and I think it really might be for most people, then it makes a lot of sense. Um, seems a bit of an odd duck. Uh, you know, he'd fit right in with the Mavericks culture uh, uh, in terms of, of you know, him and Cuban and, and Heralabam could talk Bitcoin all the time. That'd be really exciting. Um, so, so we'll see. I I don't know, you know, what he wants for an offer because this I, I want to isn't he 27, 28, something like that?
1: Yeah, he's a he fits in with our timeline quite a bit better. He's I think just a little bit older than
0: Porzingis. Well, this is also his big payday because he's had some injury issues, and so this is his time to make money. This will be his one contract where he really gets a ton of and so he's right. going to go wherever he gets the most amount of money. I mean, he—I saw some infographic yesterday on my Instagram. It says he wants like five for 125, which is basically saying he wants the Nets to offer him the max. I don't even think the Nets can do that because I think they have all their max slots filled. It's—it's um, it's an interesting deal. I—I I wouldn't be opposed. I just don't know what the the economics would be. I don't know what you know. Uh, Xavier put together a really kind of really smart post, kind of breaking down the Ma- the Mavs cap strategies, and it boils down to the fact of they either have to re-sign Tim quickly or let him go quickly. That those are the two choices. Um you know, they could work out a sign and trade for somebody with him, but you know, Tim kind of is the linchpin which pulls everything else together. Uh you know, I know Josh Richardson re-signing or not not re-signing, opting in or not is kind of going to be a big deal. I think, you know, that They'll have both him and Powell at those kind of ten to twelve million range. I think they could move either or both of them. Uh the Mavericks have some interesting paths ahead of themselves. I'm just not sure because I've never once seen creative capology from them uh ever. It's just not a thing that they, they're known for. And and so we'll we'll see what then Winnie. I'm not I'm not opposed. What, do you have any strong feelings?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm well, I don't know if I'd call them strong. Um so I definitely fall in the Uh, Category that the secondary ball handler is the most important thing for us this offseason. I mean, quite frankly, like you can go through history and Luka's usage rate during the regular season, even um, Mm -hmm. it's unsustainable. And nobody, the closest you ever get, I think he was at 35 or 36%. The closest you ever get are a couple of seasons of Michael Jordan at like 33, 34. And then the rest of like the top 10 type, you know, Kobe's and, uh, LeBron's are down at like 32%. So we need to get Luca down there and obviously also have a player who can help the offense, not shit the bed whenever Luca is off the court. So, I mean, I think, I think Spencer definitely fills both of those. I, I'm a little torn because of the, the injury. Um, it seems like everything's fine, um it doesn't seem like it was devastating you know he should definitely be back in time um because I think he already posted you know him like dunking and stuff on his social media or whatever but uh I I guess theoretically he'd be more durable than Conley or Lowry but because of his injury history I I don't know if that's the case just because he's younger and then um last thing I, I did put it in the chat here in terms of his shooting, like, he's not, like, obviously he's not a good shooter by any means, mm-hmm. but he's not, like, a space killer. He's not DeMar DeRozan who yeah. shoots 20-something percent on one attempt per game. Yeah. Like he's, in the, he's in the low 30s on five to six attempts a game. A lot of them are from, you know, more difficult, self-created shots. Um, I looked it up earlier. He shoots, like, 38 percent from the corners, which tend to be more catch yeah. and shoot. So th- there's uh, – I, I would feel pretty good because uh, I would assume – I know there's a thing about him getting the five for 125, but he did specifically say that's what it would take for him to come back to the Nets because I'm sure he realizes that there just isn't enough, you know, ball yeah. and points for him <laughs> to stay on the Nets. But, I mean, I think he'll probably get somewhere in the 15 to 20 range um, per year. And I think we definitely have the room to sign both him and Tim. So then, you know, you can kind of keep your offense afloat. I, now, at that point, I don't know what your defense looks like, but, I mean, it's not like our defense is good anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the thing that I kind of keep circling back to in a, in a big way is, you know, I I know I, – I, whatever goes on with the Mavericks in terms of coaching, in terms of of schematic stuff, like Luca will probably still have the ball a lot, but we're bound to see some different things. Um, And and I just, you know, that kind of has to factor in with this. I mean, we kind of know how Luca wants to play and that's going to be, you know, the biggest driver of things, regardless of who the coach is and and kid knows, you know, Jason kid knows where his bread is buttered. Um, He's, he's not going to do anything silly in regards to that. So, I don't know. I mean, I understand that 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 point of view. Um, it's it's just it's they just who was it? Somebody in the chat just pointed out. Uh, but Paymon noted in the chat like when the roster has this many like I don't want to call them like they're just flawed players. They're 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 one directional players in most cases. You know, like we we all really like Dorian because he contributes a lot and does some weird things, but he's he's not you know an ideal like. Third, like, like small forward, small forward starter. He's just not. Um, and so it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. They, they, you know, getting ahead on, on signing kid and the new GM um, just gives them time to sort of strategize and for lack of a better term, probably tamper. Uh, that's one thing I don't think Donnie Nelson ever really did. is have any of the pre-agency talks with, with players. And I'm sure there's lots of things going on right now that we just won't hear about until much, much more down the road. So. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, just as long as, I mean, I think you brought it up with Dorian. Um, I think if we can confidently go into next season and say that Dorian is clearly our fifth best starter, and there's at least one, if not two, players off the bench that we'd probably say that are better than him, you know, if both say we get Tim and, uh, you know, he's still coming off the bench, uh, then I, I'd feel much better about our roster, just in general, sure. instead of I him understand. possibly being the, the fourth best player at any point.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out. I appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Every day. Okay. Coming up next, we have Nick. How you doing, Nick? Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah. How are you doing, then?
0: Not bad.
2: Well, I just kind of wanted to continue on with
0: the Dingwoody conversation.
2: Um, sure. You know, I, I wouldn't be upset if we signed him, but with his injury, coming right off an injury, it kind of scares me that we'll have another KP situation. And also I personally, if we're going to throw money at somebody, I would much rather try and go after Lonzo. Just kind of curious to hear what you think about that.
0: So we, we chatted a little bit last week. Who's their other restricted free agent? Uh, the, the other guy who, what's wrong with me? My brain's not working. Um, no, not Collins. That's in Atlanta. I'm talking with uh, uh, New Orleans. Hart, yeah, Hart. I think Josh Hart might be the more attainable uh, guy there with the Pelicans. Obviously, a very different player. Lonzo's, you know, Lonzo might be. He's at least in, in terms of running an offense. He's not a ball stopper. Uh, he likes to move the ball. His shot kind of came together for him finally. Uh, really, I think for the first time since the first half of his his uh, freshman year at, at UCLA. Um,
3: he's, he's got
0: kind of weird measurables. I don't, you know, your defense isn't going to, I do I, I just be curious to see how that works. I'm not opposed to it, but I do wonder with any sort of restricted free agent, you have to know the walkaway cost for the other team and the Pelicans right now are in kind of a dire state. Uh, you know, there's lots and lots of talk that Zion wants out now. Um, and, and that puts a lot of pressure on the front office to make things happen. And I don't know if letting go of a guy (laughs) like Lonzo really makes a lot of sense because he actually works pretty well with, with Zion, um, Ingram and he just seemed to not, something's just not there. I don't, it, it largely is, reminds me of kind of KP and Luca where Ingram just isn't good enough despite being very good um, so I, I'm not sure I, I I would you know I'm kind of taking the position of I'm largely gonna say yes and be happy I'm trying to be happy about any sort of person I just want more talent and so these guys definitely have talent and I'm I, I don't know um, where you know what the mavericks would be would be thinking in terms of of these priorities that we've been talking about yeah well
2: I just I would love a secondary ball handler and I think Lonzo would fit really well next to Luca, but I understand that it may not be worth, you know, the offer that we would have to give for him. But at the same time, I'm just thinking with Dinwiddie, he's going to probably command, or at least think that he's going to command a lot of money as well. So, yeah. But um, the other question I had was regarding Kelly Oubre in golden state. Is that somebody who you think would be a realistic target? And I, I personally feel like that would be an upgrade over what KP's been giving us. And so, I'm just wondering how realistic that might be.
0: So, Wings are the commodity of NBA players. Kelly Oubre kind of sucks and is going to get like 18 to $22 million a year, I bet, if not more. He is a strange player. He's never really done... I mean if you think back to the Mavs games he he had opportunity I mean granted the Golden State system is a little odd um did he play with the yeah he played with the Wizards before he he's just I've just never really been a huge fan of him but he's got you know size he's he's skilled it's that he hasn't been able to put it together on the floor um I'm just not I'm just not sure if you're going to get consistency out like He's just been so inconsistent, and that's, that's a gamble. Because at this point, the next move they make has to be the one that works. <laughs> like, there's just, they, you know, if you go back the last four or five years, outside of Luka, all of their moves, all of their moves have not, you know, panned out in a way that would really move the needle for a team. And this is the summer that they they've just sort of boxed themselves in. Unless they do something like like really try to take a, a step back intentionally where they kind of acquire some assets. I, I don't um that's just kind of where my brain is at the moment. I'm I'm not married to anything. Yeah. Well I feel like we're probably
2: gonna be stuck with KP. So I was <laughs> I guess I'm just trying to think a little bit of a realistic trade for sure. him. But at this point, like you said, it it, it may just be worth writing him out and then trying to add some, some a, a
0: better secondary piece to Luca yeah we'll see I mean I, I sort of think at this point too that they don't trade KP when he's at kind of a lower value um, and then that he gets you know some some minutes under his belt and if he looks good then they they really try maybe try for something I I, I just I just don't know though I don't foresee a kid a, a coach like kid Treating KP like putting up with some of the things that KP did last year, <laughs> like Rick is Rick's a better politician than we give him credit for, or at least when he chooses to be. I just don't see like like I, I just don't see Kid dealing with with some of the I want the ball more despite everything showing I shouldn't have it. So, well, thank you, Nick. You got anything else? No, that's it. All right, you have a good day. Okay, coming up next, we got Ike. How you doing, Ike? been a while.
4: Yeah, how's it going, Kirk? That's good. Okay, uh, that's great to hear. Happy Friday. Um, Yes, thank God. (laughs) Oh, for real. Oh, um, so I got two questions. Um, This is a pretty divided guy, especially like on mass Reddit and stuff like that. And you may have gone over him before. What is, uh, no, let's what talk is your, again. Okay, what is your opinion of John Collins?
0: Hmm. So I'm not sure if anybody has seen the the most recent story that just dropped from the Athletic, where one of the Hawks owners strongly indicated that they were not going to be able to pay John Collins, yeah. which yeah. is truly fascinating to me because. I'm just I'm just of the mind that when something works, you pay you know you pay for it. I will never forgive Mark Cuban for for breaking up that 2011 title team for cap space. It was a bad idea at the time. It remains a bad idea ten years later. I yeah. you know it, I would rather give Dirk the opportunity to fail with the ones who brought him than than chasing after nonsense and ending you know the. It's just where where my brain is. So like to get this far. And, and really, the Hawks are ahead of schedule. So when you yeah. do what the Hawks just did, and to break up a team like that, of which he had, he was a key part, um, yep. is pretty wild to me. I understand the finances of it, but for the for the Mavericks, I I, I sort of think he's a better fit than KP. At least on yep. offense, he does a lot. Like he's a he's a better shooter from three. Yep. We don't really talk about that, but he is. Uh, his athleticism is wild. Where he, he – even on defense, um, he was surprisingly pretty good this year.
4: Where he runs into right.
0: problems is his size. Um, he is – what do you think, guys? I, I think he's like 6'9", 225 yeah. pounds. Like, Luca's probably heavier than him. Um, and, and it just – it becomes a bit of a challenge, uh, though – you know, we just saw what happened with the challenge of, of KP not really being all that functional. So, you know, if the opportunity were to arise to where he could be a Maverick, I would be pretty excited about it because I think Luca having a lob threat is extremely important. Um, yeah. and if he worked that well with Trey Young, I think he would be just as incredible with Luca. Um, but I don't know, like, like how the, they'd have to figure some other things out because I'm not really a big fan of paying. You know, let's say he wants like four for one hundred and twenty is probably what he's hoping yeah. to get, something like that. I'm not a big fan of of paying like the Mavericks. Would then have like Powell, KP, and him commit like that seventy five million dollars of your cap <laughs> committed yeah. to three guys who are a liability at one point or another. So that's just that.
4: But I I, I love
0: that. Like to me, I I would like to see it is where my head is. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and and I know that I, I kind of operate under the guise of if John Collins was to be a reality, that means that we're moving off of KP because I don't think they would work, but mm-hmm. together. But, um, you know, obviously from a financial standpoint, having that much money invested into two interior players would not work, but he does. I just understand a lot of folks that, you know, or, you know, say that, Oh, he sucks or he's this and that. And, you know, all of the things kind of point upwards as far as him as a player. And then, you know, matching him with Luca and how Luca just kind of, you know, improves players, you know, and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. It's just – it's it's very tantalizing or whatever. So I was just kind of wondering what the – kind of your opinion was of him. Um, I would love him to be here. I think he would – he does everything that you wish KP would do and even more so on a more consistent basis. And I think a lot of people seem to discount the fact that he actually, you know – took on a lesser role uh, purposely for the Hawks to, like, I guess, you know, function a little better as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think that's a fact that's lost on a lot of people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you hear different people say different things, like, I want to say, I heard, like, Jackie McMullen uh, on a Bill Simmons podcast say something along the lines of, like, Trey and, and John Collins kind of fight like brothers because they both came into the league you know, so young and when it becomes about your paycheck, though, things get a little dicey. And I one thing that's kind of driven me crazy about the narrative with Luca is that Trey and those guys got their coach fired and guys did not like playing with Trey Young through about the 40 game mark of the year. And there's been a story, I can't remember where I read it, but like Nate McMillan, sat Trey down and was basically like showing him his teammates faces when he would pull like the, you know, the three seconds into the shot clock, you know, 45 foot pull up and just some of the stuff that he would do to really turn off his teammates. And, and that, that sort of thing, like really turned around the second half of the year. And with that turned around, like, like John Collins energy. And so I just, I can't imagine breaking them up, but I do, I just, I would like it. Because I really like seeing Luca with the lob threat. It was it was hard. Like Luca was pretty was really good this year. Obviously, all first team NBA. But things were harder for him. And yeah. and I think not having that lob threat early really helped. Like really like frustrated
4: him to a degree. That's Yeah, so. um, yeah I, I agree with that. And I guess my second part would be. And I know you say that you're not good at this part, but I'm I'm just gonna take you to task because I I think you kind of <laughs> dissing yourself. But who is um, a reclamation project that you would like the mass to take a step that that's going to be available? Oh man! So so, who are some like guys that
0: are in crappy situations that maybe could be better? Like this is uh, this is the part that I'm actually bad at because like Hardaway is somebody I never would have predicted. Um, Brett Stover in the chat just just mentioned Josh Richardson, and that's hilarious. Yeah, he's he's definitely a rec- reclamation project. Um, like so so, Eric Gordon maybe is is someone who I have loved since high school. Um, he was he was just such a phenomenal player, and I think he has a really rough injury history. But I like him. Um, oh, the chat is throwing out Mo Bamba. Uh, and and, and uh, Otto Porter. That's an interesting one. So
4: I do want Otto Porter. Otto though, Porter.
0: <laughs> uh, you do? Yes, I do. See, I'm very interested because that dude seems to like to have a good time and make his money and not na- – like he got caught a couple of times being out during like the peak of COVID. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> right, there's some wild like world star videos I've seen where it's like this dude was just out and about. Now – you know, if I was 25 and rich, would I have done the same thing? Who knows? But I, right. I, I—that's I, the kind of angle I wouldn't mind. Um, because all of these guys, Obama to a degree, um, probably not. Oh, Marvin Bagley, as when tosses that one out in the chat. Man, I high key love Marvin Bagley, and I don't <laughs> know what that says. I don't know what that says about me. I think I just like Duke big men who, yeah. um. Who was the other guy? Like, he was up in Portland this year, uh, uh just, like, Giles. shredded his knees. Oh, God, I used to love Harry Giles. Like, his mixtapes are, like, the stuff of legend. Um, yeah. Man, that's not uh, – Zach Collins. I don't think we can have another white guy with that haircut. Sorry. Like, the, <laughs> this is just – like, we can't – we we like there's already like lots of weird bad jokes about the Mavericks and dudes right. with terrible haircuts. Uh, Nick Nick Grantham tosses out Colin Sexton. Sexton's probably the one that I'm most. I don't think it's a reclamation project at all. He's just good, but I don't know yeah. if you can pay a small guard the max. I just he, him and Luca. died just do out. I think he would kick Luca's ass and make him play harder. Um, but I don't really know about. Uh, I just don't know. That sort of stuff is a little bit tricky because that guy probably wants, you know, twenty plus million for for whatever coming off of his max, or you know, he wants like a max extension. But these are some good names. Um, I'd be Porter. I think is Porter a free agent or is he like restricted? I can't remember. He's a free agent. So if he might be worth, he might be worth kind of overpaying for because on paper his measure, like he's a big wing, yeah, um, and can shoot pretty well. He just gets hurt a lot.
4: So yeah. Yeah. And I uh, before I go, I think one name that I think was kind of intriguing is Frankie Smokes out of New York. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Wouldn't that like,
0: be something? Finally ended up if we finally ended up with him
4: right, years later, because right. dude, you guys
0: remember all the pre-draft stuff? Like Fish was convinced that Frankie was coming to the Mavericks. I was, yeah. I was too at that point. I was just depressed. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm. But that's it, man. This I, is I great. No, these so are. Oh, of course. This is this is a good question. You have a good day. I'm gonna be thinking about the distressed assets something. Xavier, remind me later. I'm gonna have to go uh, bring it up in Mad's Moneyball Slack. These are these are kind of I love these kind of. That's why we do these. Um. All right. Coming up next, uh, Jose. Hey, Jose. How are you?
5: I'm
2: doing fine. Kurt, can you hear me clearly? Because I'm at work.
0: You sound well.
5: (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I'm at work right now, and I snuck off to the restroom, (laughs) so I gotta get this uh, question out quick for you. (laughs) No, you're good. Uh, So I wrote in the comments uh, about Tim Hardaway Sr. and how he's been saying uh, that it was the Tim Hardaway trade and not the KP trade. And I was going to ask you, like, what's your take on it? And do you think uh, KP has any resentment towards Tim Hardaway or like towards the team if he knows that
0: he was just uh, a throw in basically? Love this. Um, so this has been confirmed that the Mavericks called about Hardaway. They did the distress asset thing because they had been in discussions with the Knicks for almost a week before uh, the news broke that KP wanted, like that basically KP wanted the demand out um, through Woj. And so I don't necessarily think he has resentment of Tim. No. I think he has resentment of the fact that he thought he was coming to Dallas and Luca was going to be his co-star. Um that much is 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 all but reported on. That that's kind of what he thought was happening. Because I mean, Porzingis for a while had, if Porzingis had been at any other media market, I think we'd have a much more realistic view of the guy that he is. Because he is special. It's just he never was special long enough to justify the kind of hype that he got, in my opinion. Um, and so it, it's it's a good good question, good thought. I'm gonna be. You know, the the kind of stuff with with Porzingis with is always just so interesting because if if you know he doesn't tear his meniscus against the the Clippers, do the Mavericks win that series? Like, does this? There's just a lot of like what ifs. And there are every year, and and I just thought at that point, him and Luca had worked so well, and Josh and I talked about this on a podcast during the week, which you haven't listened. If you haven't, go listen to it. Like KP came back before he was ready. I think we can kind of all and but the Mavericks needed him. And and it was just it's a frustrating situation. There's just a lot about this last year that I think the Mavericks would like to have back, um, all the way back to maybe even bringing back JJ Barea. But yeah, this is this is a good question. I appreciate you to bring it up and talking about it. Um, coming up next, I'm going to bring up Marcos. Marcos, how are you? Is the audio working? No. All right, Marcos, try to uh, hop out and reconnect, and I'll bring you back up, okay? Um, coming up next, we have here, let's see here. Sorry, having problems with the app. It's ignoring me. Coming up next, I have Sam. Sam, how are you?
3: Hey, what's going on, man? You got me?
0: I do. You sound good.
3: All right, excellent I'll try to be quick too because i am I'm working from home but still i'm, I'm working sure. I'm not really working though so I guess it's just kind of <laughs> I'm just kind of listening at this point but um I guess my my focus is kind of um on k p as well and you know obviously after the series you just kind of instant reaction you're pissed off because like he didn't do what he was supposed to do and if he was what he wasn't a bubble lesster I believe we would have won the series uh, that's just my opinion but I think he did come back kind of early, because if you look at it, he tore his meniscus, and I think that's the same injury that um, Jaron Jackson Jr. had from the Grizzlies. Yes, it was. Different, he lit- different
0: severity. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a much worse tear, but the rehab and recovery is all still the same deal. But, yes, that's that's they, they had the same injury.
3: Okay. Because it, it just – I, I couldn't put it together in my mind, because last year, like you said, the way that he was playing in the bubble and the way that the team was playing – I felt like they could have won the series last year if he was healthy. So it just didn't make sense that all of a sudden, even though he was coming back from a torn meniscus, or I guess it was, I guess it was a torn meniscus, um, that he was just just was unplayable at some point. So like he just became like a decoy, which made no sense to me. And I was just wondering why Rick would always do that where last year was so productive. So I wanted to trade him, but like you said, at this point, I just think his value is too low, so... Let's just see what he does with the full off season. I mean, obviously he's taking photos, you know, showing him working out. So may, maybe you know he comes back this year and he puts it all together. And then Jason kisses it down and says, "Hey, listen, man. At this point, no more getting baby. You're part of this team or you're not part of this team." So sure, let's let's just see what happens.
0: So there's i do- I'm trying to find his Twitter handle, but there's a doctor that I that I follow on Twitter who's a who's a a, a physical. Therapist and and he he describes a lot of of injury stuff. I'm trying to find his at it's like CB oh man where oh yeah it's, it's his name is Doctor Raj Raj Paul Brar uh, at the number three CB Performance. He does a lot of stuff for the Lakers website. But after the the um see uh silver screen role is what I meant to say. After the season, I asked him some questions about kind of injury recovery and stuff, and he said, you know, if you think about the fact that KP had. ACL surgery one summer and then a meniscus sum- a surgery the next, there's a lot of, of potential confidence issues that can arise if you know your two main wheels are basically problematic. And there were moments in the season, and I think this is why I was so frustrated, is there were moments in the season where KP looked otherworldly. It's just those moments were fleeting at best. And mm-hmm. I, I think the, the argument for, for, you know, look at me being positive about KP, who would have thought? The <laughs> argument is that, that if he gets a full season of work and regains some of that confidence that he will regain his movement because the games that stand out to me, the one game I really lost it. It was a Valentine's day game where Dame Lillard just destroyed him on the drop coverage stuff. Now, probably not a fair thing to get mad at because Dame is just, you know, he's a top six basketball player on the planet, but it was just kind of indicative of how like KP really thought he could do things that he couldn't do. And so, if, if he's even if he's able to find a mid ground between how good he was defensively in twenty nineteen twenty and how bad he was defensively this last year, I think the Mavericks might be okay.
3: Yeah, and and that's that's what I'm saying because like I feel like personally, if he was even like you said, even just half what he was defensively defensively, even that solves almost I won't say all our problems, but it solves a good bit of our problems. So yeah, then you don't yeah. have to worry about. Hey, we need to get a defensive center or a defensive big. We could try to focus on. Hey, maybe we need more shooting or, like you said, we need a wing that can, uh, somebody that can handle the ball but be a secondary scorer or even like maybe a third score with KP. So yeah, yeah. it's just like that. That's just what I think they need to do at this point. Just let it let it ride. See what well, the happens. numbers the
0: numbers back this up because we, I, I mentioned earlier that John Collins is a better three point shooter than, than KP defenses. Don't treat John Collins the way they treat KP. Like when KP hits a three point shot, it tends to free like it, the game, like an early three pointer for KP almost breaks the defense's game plan. Like they don't know what to do about it. The Mavericks offense is so much better with just Luca and KP on the floor over time so i mean there there's there's a lot of strong arguments to bringing him back
3: exactly and uh one more thing and then i'll get off and let someone else get on but i just feel like with the mavericks stuff the, the problem that i've had with them the last two and a half three years is i feel like they don't they don't have any assets and what i mean by that is sure like obviously they, they got players that you know they developed like maxi and dodo and um you know, guys like that, which I like. I like Maxi. I like Dodo. You know, they've they earned what they – they deserve what they got. You know, they worked hard and they, they got what they got. But, like, as far as, you know, they traded all those picks away in the KP trade. And then this year when we had a first-round pick, we used it on Josh Green, where I guess supposedly they, a lot of people weren't trying to try get Josh Green. They are trying to get Sadiq Bey. Um, And I just feel like they, they just let it go to waste. Because if Rick had played even half those guys and they showed any type of production, you could, you could use that in a trade. You know, say, so, hey, yeah. you know what? we'll give up this young guy for something else. But they didn't do that, and I don't know their mentality. Maybe it will change now with Nico as a GM, kid as a coach. Maybe that will switch it up. But I guess Cuban is the end-all be-all at the end of the day, so who knows what's going to happen. Sure. But, um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, this year, and I guess even next year, it's just kind of a – I won't say it's a prove-it season, but it's a, hey, you know, we've got, we have got the 7th C last year. We got the five-seed this year with all the problems that we had with everything else going on. So, logical progression, you would say, obviously get higher. But with everybody coming back healthy, you would assume the Lakers is going to be back, the Warriors is going to be back, Memphis is getting better, you don't know what's going to happen in New Orleans. It's it's going to be tough. <laughs> i just think yep. that much.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for hanging out. Hey, right, not a problem. You have a good one. You too. Okay. Are you a couple more people in there. or sneak back to work. Christian, what's going on? Hey, Kirk, how you doing?
6: Uh, I don't know why my phone speaker went all the way down, but hear you now. I just wanted to touch on the the John Collins um, conversation because I thought it tied in rather well to uh, the pod that you and Josh just recently did, or maybe it wasn't Josh, but a a recent pod where, you know, kind of talking about Um, having Dwight Powell and that elite rim roller, uh, how much it did for the offense. Um, and I think if we do add John Collins, I think it's two things. He's a great rim roller. Um, I think he was, you know, top five, maybe just outside of the top five when it came to, uh, rolling to the rim from the pick and roll. Um, but I think, you know, at having that three point shot, like a credible three point shot, we're able to kind of have the best of both worlds and have an elite rim roller while also being able to kind of play five out. My biggest question though, is like I, I viewed the secondary ball handler as the biggest need that we have just because the second, uh, the second unit can't really function. Well, well, No part of the team can function without Luka. And I think that would benefit KP when he's playing with that second unit. So if we were to get Collins, who would be your ideal, um, you know, possible secondary ball handler that we might be able to get relatively? I
0: mean, at that point, don't you kind of have to hope that Miami move like doesn't get Goran Dragic and and Luca could convince his friend mentor to come to the team. I I don't know if that's particularly likely because I know Dragic has young children and really loves the Miami area because it's Miami. Um, but that it, it's got to be kind of like like a, a veteran who is is past the earnings prime so to speak, or somebody who'd be willing to take like a deep discount. Um, it's it's very tough because there's just you know when when you get to the bottom of the barrel it's like you you know you're looking at guys like not like bottom barrel sounds mean but it's just when guys are older it's like do you want to make an offer to George Hill um you know dudes kind of of that ilk and when you start looking at that class of agents it's not um it's not that exciting you know Victor in the in the chat brings up um uh, one of the tjs up in Indiana uh the god what's his last name i'm just so I'm, my my brain is busting i can hear my Parker, I'm sorry. I can hear my child slamming toys in the other room. Uh, TJ McConnell, who like would have been a Rick Carlisle all-star. And I just don't know if he, he would go with the Mavericks anymore. Um, so, and plus I think Rick, uh, uh, TJ Warren there, or Warren is a, a, is an interesting one. That's, that's, it's, it's tough. Uh, but that's the kind of class, like you're, you're getting to guys who are very limited, uh, in one way or another by that point. Now, I think with like this, the lack of passing that we saw in the playoffs from anybody other than Luca, you're sort. It gets to the point where there's some acceptance going on um, with you know you, you take a limited guy if he brings a different thing that the Mavericks need. So,
6: yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate. You know, there's a lot to uh, to kind of see, and you know, who knows what this front office is going to do. But at least. Um, you know, we have a generational superstar and hopefully they're able, you know, even if it were adding three, $10 million guys that just really helped the team, I think the biggest thing is just getting some kind of help, but I appreciate it.
0: Yep. Have a good day. All right. Coming up next, we're going to bring up. Shamark, what's going on? Hit that unmute button. Tell me what you got. Hello. How are you? Hi, Cook
7: uh yeah i'm doing really well thanks for having me on long time first time as they say over in america um yeah so my sort of main point i want to ask is uh related to sort of kp sorry i know there are lots of kp centric questions uh so the question i have is that there's a lot of sort of talk about what the Mavs would do with kp whether they can trade them whether they can find a way to integrate them in there isn't sort of a lot of discussion about what he would want himself. I mean, if you look at his perspective, I know it's really difficult given the way how people feel about him, but here's a guy who over the past two years went from one of the sort of more heralded sort of prospects in basketball, you know, the unicorns you guys call it, to becoming someone who essentially is synonymous with being a bad basketball player. I mean, anytime you say KP, just not just on NBA Twitter, but just around anywhere people laugh, that's how bad the situation has gotten for him. And given the fact that you've got all these other sort of uh, general sort of fans, fan talk on social media as well as uh, just some of the comments from Mark Cuban, I'm sure uh, between now and sort of media day, uh, it's just only going to get worse in terms of uh, him sort of putting his foot in his mouth. Well, do you not think that at some point he's going to say, you know, I've got nothing to lose. Let me kind of force my way out and go to another situation, even if it's to Cleveland or to OKC, to try and sort of rebuild his career?
0: about that. I wonder if he would accept being... Like, I wonder if he just is the kind of player who would be happier being a bad guy on a... Or, I'm sorry, being the best player on a bad team. Um, you know, the Mavericks are the first team that he's won with in the NBA and he doesn't seem any happier than he was with the Knicks. It's it's very interesting in terms of, of what his... Uh, you know, what he wants. He just seems like a very different different dude. I mean, that might be for the best for him, but the the way the game has changed since he came into the league, you know, we've seen a little bit of the, the, uh, the, the return of the, the old school post player, uh, or at least like classic big man with Embiid with Aiton with uh, MVP, Nikola Jokic. KP is none of those things. He's a seven foot three shooting guard. He can't post up that well. I mean, if he wants to remake his career, I mean, I'm not really sure how he would go about doing that. I mean, with the Mavericks last year, 80% of his buckets were assisted. He cannot get his own shot, or at least he wasn't able to last year. So if he wants to really, like, if if it's up to him to go get something different, then he might end up in a situation where he's like Kevin Love, where he's just not playing a ton because he doesn't bring a lot to a team. I I, I don't, I very much like waffle from moment to moment with how I feel about him. Because when, I think, you know, if, if he would do the thing that Tim Hardaway did, Which was, you know, when Tim was in New York, he was required to do a lot with KP being out that whole year. And when he was required to do a lot, he wasn't that good. But in a very specific role where the Mavericks basically asked him to stop taking long twos and just gun from three and then get to the rim, he's now going to go make himself a ton of money in the offseason. You know, but it takes a certain, you know, these guys are the best basketball players in the world. So it takes a certain level of of kind of self-awareness to get to that point and say, okay, this is how I be the best version of myself. And I'm not sure Porzingis is ever going to get there because he's a guy oh. who has a vision of himself that's very different from what he's actually been the last two years. I, I think that just sort of from his
7: perspective, I think, there are a lot of, sort of, kind of soft factors that come into play when it comes to sort of being a, a guy who basically grew up being one of the best prospects, particularly in Europe, to now being a guy who's a bit of a laughing stock. I mean, just the idea that he'd play for a team where he'd sort of get the ball, the ball a bit more and also at the same time, you know, kind of feels some kind of respect, adulation, some sort of, you know, uh, sort of feeling that, you know, he doesn't really matter rather than sort of being a role player, even though just being that a role player maximising your sort of skills would be the best path forward if he wants to win. I think that, I think often we kind of overlook those types of things. So it'd be really interesting as to sort of how he feels by the time this media, de- uh, media day comes around, because it wouldn't surprise me if he just says to him, you know what, OKC, Shea Gilge, Alexander, you know, a uh, young team, I can be the vet, I can sort of, you know, get my shots off. And he can kind of um, sort of, it's very easy to rationalise how bad you've been once you start sort of blaming front office, your teammates, Rick Carlisle. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting. I think at this point, I have no idea what the Mavs are going to do with him, but it's really interesting how he kind of
0: feels come... Uh... Sure, sure. I mean, I and I'm glad he's working out. I'm glad he's healthy. Um, you know, the, the, that one video of him doing something with one of those big resistance balls was just... I, it was comedy. But I, I, I'm glad... Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be more optimistic because nobody wants to hear me be an asshole all the time. Um, and then there's, there's just that notion of, you know, we've seen how good they can be when things work. And so it's, it's a matter of, of, you know, figuring out whether that was a flash in the pan or whether that was something they can replicate. So, well, thank you for coming on. Yeah.
7: Thank you for having me. Honestly, I've been, you know, a long time listening to the podcast and stuff. So uh, it's great to
0: be on. Thanks. Absolutely. You have a good day.
4: Okay, got a couple more people.
0: Uh Jeremy,
4: how are you Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremy, is the audio working for you? Might have to update.
0: Nick Angstad has joined in the chat and just asked if this was a podcast. Well, it can be a podcast. Um okay, so we have one more speaker request unless uh, Jeremy can can join and and try to figure out the audio. We have Hendry Let's see if it will actually let me accept Andre. There we go. Andre,
3: how are you?
8: Hey, man, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, Just following up from what you said in a previous question, you were talking about, um, obviously, the offseason, how maybe they could, um, instead of looking to obviously bring in a free agent, maybe take a step back. Something I was thinking of was maybe looking at something like Wiseman and maybe draft capital with um,
0: obviously using KP for that. So it seems like the Warriors feel like they have something that they can get that's better than KP. Uh Siakam seems to be the the kind of, of piece of the day if the if the Raptors are really willing to to kind of just move on from the team that they have and start over. Um I'm not sure what is is really attainable for KP. They would have to they would have to get with a team that really likes what he could be. Uh I do that's probably something they're working on. Like they're trying to figure that out because I think if they can can move you know, KP has three years and ninety something million left. And if that is an option, the Mavericks would have to really look hard at it. I just don't know if there's an option there. I can't think of a team outside of maybe Sacramento that has new management that might be willing to really give up something for him. Um because he's he's he is a distressed asset. He's what we've kind of talked about earlier. Um, but there's you know there's potential there. It's just you got to kind of look at it. So at least that's where we are uh, uh, for a bit. Um, what else do you got for me?
8: Absolutely. The only reason I mentioned was because was because of his injury and that kind mm-hmm. of brings down his value. Where because you you look at the rest of the free agency class, even the very best option that is obviously someone like Kawhi, even he isn't that good because of his injury concerns and his the way he operates as a player. You never truly know what he's looking at. So uh, rather than obviously committing to a free, obviously committing to a weak free agency class, maybe we look to stock up on some form of, because obviously we have zero capital whatsoever. That's the only reason I'm looking at maybe instead of committing to something that isn't going to put us in contention for the championship, maybe something like that, where we look to offload KP and maybe just look for some capital.
0: I mean, that's if if I had a say, that would be my preference. I would I would lock Luca into his 201 million dollar contract, bring him into the kind of decision making circle, and say, look, we tried something with KP, where we wanted to accelerate our timeline, and it just hasn't worked. But in order to get better, we need to take a step back because you. I think in an 82 game season with a healthy Luka Doncic, regardless of who the team is, you can ass- you can kind of assume a floor of 40 wins. Like I really believe that, uh, and if that's the case, you're probably in the playoff ish race, regardless of who else is on the team. So I think that the Mavericks could. That would be kind of my preference because I, I just want to see them get assets that are are different and are younger. Um, I don't think it's likely because I think that the pressure to win now will and and kind of the, the constant need for American sports to have the your trajectory going up, up, up um, is is too much pressure for the Mavericks to bear. I don't think they do it. But that that'd be kind of my if, if I had a choice, what I would would really like to see. I mean, Lucas, twenty one, twenty two. And I know that there are a lot. I've talked to a lot of of fans, particularly fans overseas that seem to think that Luca could just, you know, force his way out and do whatever he wants or that he's not going to sign the $201 million contract. And like, I just, I believe it when I, when I see it, this was my point. And I think the Mavericks can, can kind of get him on the same page, include him in some of the decision-making and, you know, go from there. But that seems like a bit of a stretch.
8: Yeah, no, I highly doubt he's going to opt out of the 200 million. I mean, this, if you. He's not the type of guy to be like, to be the first ever to do that. And the the negative attention he gets by doing that is, it's not, it's just not worth doing, saying no to that contract. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And plus, I do think that there is at least, I do think that fans have an argument where it's like, if Luca was unhappy in three years and he said he wanted to like get out of it, like like basically go yeah. to another team, then that would happen. Like that's the way the NBA works, as much as I don't like it. Um it's just there's no reason to leave money on the table because superstars, he's he's in that rarefied era where he legitimately can do whatever he wants. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Do you have anything
8: else? No problem, that was all. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, you have a good day. All right. Last but not least, uh Yannick, how are we? Hit that unmute button, there we go.
9: Hi Kirk, can you How in? are
0: you? Ah,
9: alright. Yeah, I got a question about the draft. Do you think um with the new GM, um Nico from Nico from Nike, um he will value the draft more than Donny before and maybe we could get the uh, buy a few second-round picks, or even a late first-round picks this year, or we we'll fully concentrate on free agency and the big fish again.
0: God, I hope they care about the draft because number one, I love the draft. There's nothing do for it. me. There's there's I love the draft way more than free agency because just discussing guys' potential is a lot of fun. It's a fun part of basketball, like uh uh victor what's what's his name uh in france um victor went, uh starts with a I mean watching that guy play basketball is like watch. it's like he's playing a different sport it's just and so being able to talk about dudes like that is a lot of fun for me so i, I hope the mavericks will care about the draft at some point because it's 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 too much fun for me but also it's how the best teams are built uh, look at Atlanta. They, you know, they 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 drafted well, and then they they brought in free agency. It's not just free agents. Um, I don't know if anything will happen this year. That's really hard to say. I, it kind of goes to what the last guy's question was, where I would prefer it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I also think, you know, that all of us. I'm going to talk about this more and I'm going to talk about it in a way where I don't, I I need to do it in a way where I don't get myself into trouble. But like when we say Mark Cuban is a GM up until this year, I had always kind of said that tongue in cheek, like saying, okay, he's a little too involved from what I've been kind of figuring out and learning from talking to people who know more than me. It is not a joke. Like he thinks he's the GM. And so if Mark Cuban is disinvested in the day to day stuff where he is like actually making Like, he's not being brought options and making choices from there. He is involved in the options of what is happening. You know, he's way, way, way too involved. And if that happens, I just don't see them ever valuing the draft because Cuban's too much of a win-now guy, even though they haven't won. (laughs) Yeah,
9: Unfortunately, the real shadow GM
0: yeah yeah and it's not even like a shadow i think he's just like like he's just it's a i mean we had a guy uh, uh ben um wrote uh for mavs Moneyball this kind of post about like mark where he pulled a bunch of mark cuban quotes about like leadership and management over the years and he talks about how he's a micromanager and it's like dude stop saying these things out loud you're gonna give me heartburn and so now that i see a lot of these things and i that i've had kind of the the I, I I feel like I understand how things work a little bit better than I did five years ago. I just don't know if they're ever really going to operate differently. I do believe that it will result in... At least some different ways of looking at things with with Nico and with Kid, because Kid is a demanding coach in a much different way than Carlisle is. And so, I don't know if Kid's going to be particularly happy with the roster as constructed, because he's always coached some pretty good teams, at least like base talent wise. And the Mavericks have Luca, KP, uh, and and you know we don't know if they Tim. And then there's this kind of a talent drop off. Uh, so so you know you, I would love them to to be more inv- involved in the draft.
9: Yeah, I really think they, uh, they, they don't see the value in the draft over the last years, and that's going to hurt them. The oh,
0: manager. gosh. It's, well, it's hurt them for almost 10 years because you go back, and, and really you know during my time as a Mavs fan, I moved to Dallas in 96. Dirk was drafted in 98. Mark Cuban bought the team in 2000. During that time, during Cuban's ownership, there was Josh Howard, which was an amazing late-round pick. They moved forward the next year to grab Devin Harris. Uh, uh, they moved on from Antoine Jameson. They got Devin Harris as part of, of a draft day trade with Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, then after that, they really didn't do anything of note, unless I unless I'm just like completely mistaken and everybody in the chat let me know. I don't think they did anything of note until like Dennis Smith. Like it was bad for a long time, and we've just. if you have limited numbers of team building options like routes, you know, draft, draft being one of them, free agency being another and, and and kind of internal development being the third, the Mavers just close themselves off to the draft repeatedly. And it ends up biting them in the rear. They just haven't had guides of a certain pedigree. It's great that they got, a lot out of Maxi Kleba and Dorian, but Maxi's going to be 30 and Dorian's going to be 29. So it's it's, it's I think he's going to be he's older. Is my point? Um, and, and it's just I don't know. It it's frustrated me for years. And like I mentioned earlier, I just like talking about the draft, even if I don't know what I'm talking about. So
9: yeah, maybe as a bonus question, um, do you heard the the latest Locked On Maps podcast?
0: I have not, Nick. Don't yell at me. I think Nick's in the chat. What did Nick say? And 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 locked on.
9: Yeah, they had a uh, Nick De the Palmer, his name, I believe, the shoe guy. Yes. They had him on, and um, I remember he told something about yeah uh, about Janis. So I I got a uh, got the the view that uh, maybe Cuban has the plan to with a Nico and with a kid hiring that, uh, that he gets Yanis uh, to Dallas uh, in a few years. And that's the big plan behind him. I, that's, it's some kind of, yeah, uh, I think the, the big fish hunting, he's about to go again. And I, mean, uh, I, kid, I really hope we don't uh, fall flat.
0: Kid brought in it. his, his assistant from Milwaukee there. I can't remember the guy's name. I think the chap's talking about it. I mean, there's, you know, they—I'm they, sure they're positioning themselves to at least be open for if if uh, if Giannis decided that he didn't want to be there anymore. But I just—I don't know. That sort of stuff makes me so tired.
9: Yeah, me <laughs> too. That's that's my fear. That is about to happen again. That sh- same shit.
0: <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you.
9: All Anything righty. Else? No greetings and great show. All
0: right, you have a good day. All you right. too. Bye. All right, last we're gonna bring back up Jeremy since his audio wasn't working earlier. We're gonna give it a try again. There it is, Jeremy. How you doing? i uh, doing great. I just uh, can you it hear me right?
5: Make good? sure. Yeah, the KP thing. I've been me and you've been. I've been well, especially me. I've been hating on him for a year, but if if we if he could just become average at the post against the good the the top centers in the league, I meant it he it'd be worth keeping him, And I've really really thought about that this off season since he's never had a one to fully recover and and focus. Cause they're saying he was shooting like thirty eight percent against elite centers in the post. Mm-hmm. And and he was just shooting the league average against like six, eight, and below, you know the, the you know right. the small ball fives, and I was like, man, if he just if he got up just to like forty two or something for the elites, I was like, man, that way he could average four to six extra points a game, and yeah. and it's just you know I just I really haven't had much um, upside for him I, because of his injuries. I just I felt that. It's just too much a risk, but I don't know. I just if he can this one off season, if he could just work on his post game and instead of squeezing medicine balls or whatever you want to call him, um, and just fixes his post game where it's just average, man. It just it'll just bring so much to our team. And then if we get a, another playmaker, he can split the minutes more with Luca, and he can. And then we won't have such a drop off when Luca's on the court. Yeah, the court I mean run. that
0: was that was the big difference between 2019, 2020, and 2020-21, where the second the second half of of 1920, the the KP minutes without Luca were really good. It was like when he started to hit that stretch around All Star break, heading into you know the COVID stoppage, and then he picked it picked right up again in Orlando, where he was just really good. Uh, with Luke off the floor <clears throat> and this year it was, it was, he was impossible. And so I think that, that, that there's, there's at least enough. We're going to find out really soon. I think within about 20 games into the season, if KP is even a pro, like if, if he's showing anything, then they'll probably hold on to him. But if not, I wouldn't be shocked if they move him well in advance of the trade deadline, just to try to find something, but we'll see. Cause he's just the numbers show even just him existing on the floor is pretty important for for uh the Maverick offense
5: it just it matters so yeah i just had one last thing is i really feel that we we should just collect as much assets we can this free, free agency and just put as much as we can talent around luka we can get and then at deadline package up people if we have to i just I I don't know if the the big money guys are going to be there at free agency that we really want. I'd rather go for someone disgruntled, you know, than and wait to to the deadline. That's my opinion. It is
9: time to learn. Let's get (laughs) ready
0: to ask
5: the podcast.
0: All right, man. Well, thank you for coming up. (laughs) All right, um, we got one last request from uh, JD Moore. Has been waiting a while, and then I got to get out of Dodge. JD, what you got here?
5: JD? Oh, hey Kirk, what's up?
10: Yep. What's- I just wanted to talk about a few of the contracts um, that I just—I don't—I just feel like they need to unload. I don't know if they'll unload KP's contract, but Dwight's contract really stands out as like a contract that they just need to offload. And there's a, there's a few other examples. I just want to get your thoughts on that. And also, um, a report came out about 45 minutes ago that the Spurs are willing to move DeJounte Murray or Derek White. Um, just another example of, you know, the Mavs need to be on the phone exploring all options because half their team belongs in the G League. So I know that's a lot to just kind
0: of spew
10: at you, but what are your thoughts on those things?
0: So so Xavier's in the chat and, and and you know, we may have him see if he wants to write something on this at a certain point. I, I think he and I are kind of both share the opinion that these mid-range contracts, these nine to about twelve million dollar deals, are quite movable in the NBA. Now, you're likely trading one asset for another asset that's not great, at least initially. So it's it's if you're if you're like me where I've sort of settled on I'm looking forward to being mad at new people. Then that might be 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 the way forward. Where I think they could move one of these guys. Um, and, and as far as 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 the second stuff, like yeah, like any opportunity to get under under you know t- youngish talent, like I like some of those Spurs guys. I'd be interested to see what a couple of them would would be either one would be playing with Luca. White is, is fascinating to me. Um, Murray is as well. I, I I, I missed that entirely. I think you guys have been talking about it in the chat and I've just been rambling. Um, Any sort of thing like that is, is something would, would I think that the Mavericks would, would should be on the phone about to, to be interested in because again, like NBA level players, the Spurs were in the playoffs for most of the season. They just faded late because, um, they had a very uh road heavy schedule and because DeMar DeRozan sucks and no one wants to admit that. Um sorry, sorry fans in the chat who really like DeMar. Just here to dunk on you. Um but yeah, does that does that kinda at least answer your question?
10: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Kurt. I think we have expectations this off season. Uh, maybe the new regime will do something, but I think it's far more likely that we end up with a sign-and-trade flip of KP and DeRozan than John Collins or sure. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we can continue to hope and dream and stuff.
0: I mean, I, I've gotten so used to no creativity from the front office, which is wild because when I was in high school and then early in college, like, the Mavs, like, Donnie was on the phone like a madman, and I just think that You know, the league kind of caught up with him and now it's time for, for, you know, somebody else to try something new. If, if this, if they do anything, I will, I'm just looking forward to, to something happening and they, they, they have, they will, things are going to happen. It's a matter of what. I mean, look, we all got really excited about Josh Richardson and there was every reason to be at least somewhat excited for that. So where, where I was, where. I got mad at everybody is is the Mavericks just pissed away their mid-level exception because they weren't able to get anyone to take their money. Um, I was thinking about that while watching Jay Crowder play in the finals last night, um, you know, but I I really don't think they're going to have the the money problem. Um, as much as I got mad about, you know, Kendrick Perkins talking about how players didn't really like Carlisle. I There's enough to that there's there really is and so kid seems to be more of a player friendly coach even though he's a he's a hard ass and people like nico and and you know those sorts of things matter because as as uh, tim uh, mcmahon of espn said the mavericks kind of stopped caring about the human element you know a couple of years ago they were really just looking at things in, in terms of pieces on a chessboard, and and that doesn't that doesn't fly well with players so all right well you got anything else
10: no, I just – the only thing I'll say is I hope that Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, and Tyler Bay end up being NBA-caliber players, but that's it. We're
0: going to be able to talk about Summer League. I'm really excited. I'm There's a less than zero chance now – or I'm sorry, there, there's a greater than zero chance that I get to – that I go to Summer League, even if it's on my own dime, and then I will definitely be making content for us there. I'm looking forward to talking about those guys. That'll that'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much for, for hanging out with us, uh, Mr. Moore. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. All right. Okay, guys. So um, content schedule will be – Josh and I are going to continue to roll out the sort of player review podcast. I know that it's more people really want to look forward. But, you know, I'm just – I'm not there yet mentally. Like we have almost a month. Uh, It's like four full weeks until free agency starts. So we'll see where things go with that. But um, this has been fun. Keep coming to Mavs Moneyball. Uh we will have at least one new post today. I, I got a message from somebody today complaining that we don't have enough content. I'm like, what are we supposed to talk about? It's the middle of July. Finals are still going on and you don't people get tired of me complaining and and you know, unless you want complaining posts, then we're just gonna, you know, roll out our free agency stuff as we do.
4: Um everyone, have a great weekend and we will talk to you soon.